All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. It's the return of the Jim Harbaugh Top 21 Games of Michigan Football. Um, Jeff here, Dan, what's going on, dude? Uh, just enjoying living in Southeast Michigan where um, I had sunburnt tan lines going on from working in the yard last weekend to wearing Carhartt's these last two days, um, getting pelted in the face with snow. So it's going pretty good. Yeah, you know that uh, that snow we were getting, that kind of that, that light flurry. Yeah, kind of reminded me of a certain certain day, <laughs> November in 2021. Just gives uh, me uh, gives me good vibes. Outside yeah. of that, I would rather have warmer weather. I'm a warm weather kind of guy. I hate cold weather. Um, we both work outside, so uh, yeah, screw the cold. But um, good first episode last week. Uh, what do you think overall? It was it's definitely fun to do, and you know, I don't want to sound gross, but you know, I have in my shower, I have a little ledge for like you have all the soap and the shampoo bottles. So, up until this point, and even you know today, whatever, I'm I put my phone on the ledge there, and I, I rewatch some of the highlight games that we're about to talk about, you know, to refresh my memory and stuff like that. And uh, I, I tell you what, man, it was definitely fun last week, and you know, like, like I said. Um, you know, we have a lot of games where we're surprising people here, uh, even today, even so, uh, just just awesome to get into it. Yeah, so let's give a quick recap. If you just happened to not listen last week, I would advise pausing this pod and going back and listening to last week's episode, just so you can get kind of the structure, why we chose these games we kind of gave, why we rank things a certain way. Um but last week, what you missed is two honorable mentions. They were the 2022 Iowa and Michigan State games, okay? And then in order, 2021, we did uh, 2015 at Minnesota. Uh, the 20th ranked game was 2016 versus Wisconsin. The 19th ranked game was the 2020 at Minnesota. Uh, the number 18 game was the 2017 Cowboy Classic, Michigan versus Florida. And then 17 was the 2022 versus Illinois. So I'm excited to get uh, a couple more games in today. We're going honorable mention back by year. So it's we're not really hiding anything here. Um, the first one is the 2020 at Rutgers for an honorable mention here, okay? Uh, the records come in at one and three versus one and three. Weirdly enough that this game even made honorable mention, but there's there's some highlighted points here. Yeah, uh, a couple couple of notes I had wrote down that Joe Milton um, obviously had that really big game, which was our number 19th ranked game against Minnesota. Uh, he had that big game against them. And got everybody talking Heisman national championship is Michigan mm-hmm. back, yada yada yada, and then he gets benched in this game for Cade McLemore. Uh Michigan had last lost to Rutgers in 2014, and they had rolled off five in a row against Rutgers. In the last two games they had played Rutgers, they had outscored them 120 to seven. 120 to seven. Um, What else do you have news and notes before we get into kind of like our memories and what this game kind of means? Well, like you said, this was uh, the the first game that Kate McNamara really gave the Michigan program a spark. And, you know, 2020, there ain't nobody in the crowd. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's wearing his mask over his headset. Looks really stupid and weird. But, uh, but yeah, Kate comes in right before the half. Uh, Joe Milton 
You know, what, 5 and 12 passing for 89 yards, just not looking like the Minnesota game. And kind of lead up to this point, and just the, the passing game was just looking really, really just trash. And yeah, um, you know, Haskins was somewhat productive. I know as a team, they were under three and a half yards of carry, but, you know, he gets over 100 and he really started to uh, get a little loose there in the second half. Um, this was also another game where it basically put the nail in the coffin for Quinn Nordine's uh, legacy at Michigan, missing three field goals, and which we'll get to uh, his last missed field goal in this game in a second when we talk about, you know, memories. Um, you know, really, you know, Kay McNamara drops, you know, four touchdowns. Noah Verdahl for Rutgers goes 381-3. and You know, and this is where Michigan's secondary looked really terrible. And kind of ironic with this or kind of um, the way you look in the hindsight is this same secondary that got burnt by Rutgers here, you know, really comes on in the following year in 2021 and really, you know, does a 180. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much I got that. And real quick, too, is – you know, Isaiah Pacheco, who's now the leading ball carrier for Kansas City Chiefs, you know, he really was limited in this game. So, really, it was just a air raid assault for Rutgers and Michigan, really just trying to do anything that works. Yeah, you know, I don't have a ton for this game because, like, I remember potting about this game. Yeah. And I just remember, like, not totally caring what happened. Um, just really disappointed that Michigan season had kind of gotten to this point. They had one week one. We're feeling like we're on top of the world. Then they lose to Michigan State. They lose to Wisconsin. There was one more team in there. I can't, it slips my mind. But they had just started to lose. And not that they're losing to bad teams, but they are losing. And it, it just was a bad taste in my mouth on a season that just, no fans. It just felt, this season felt so dead. and knowing we weren't going to play 10 games when you've already lost three of them. It's like, at this point, the games did not matter. Mm. But the one bright spot is if you look back at this game as a standalone and don't look at the things before you don't look at the things after, and you just kind of pick this game out and compare it to these last two seasons, it looks it kind of almost looks kind of in play. Um, Cade McNamara throws four touchdowns, goes for over 300. Hassan Haskins, I think, scores once or twice in this game, over 100 yards, as you said. Um, there was some things. Cornelius Johnson, I think, had a, cu a couple of touchdowns over 100. Like, there were things in this game that were like, oh, yeah, this was kind of in line with what Michigan was doing in 2021 slash 2022. And outside of giving up 42 points, I mean, this looks like a pretty newer Michigan football style of win, but uh, unfortunately they were down in this game and they are leaning on Cade McNamara, who we had not really seen a ton of. And it started after this game where I made the joke to you, if, if we beat, you know, we beat Ohio State, we're frosting the tips. <laughs> and yeah, we never beat Ohio State that year. And then the following year, we, I don't think we ever frosted the tips, but um, Cade kind of had, like this really weird swagger about him where he was definitely a leader. You could get the vibe, but it's like he wasn't highly recruited. He wasn't like a big name out of Michigan. Nobody was really clamoring for him. Uh, the year prior, I think we were all talking about McCaffrey and Milton outside of Shea, and then mm -hmm. Milton gets the job, and Milton was the guy we all wanted, including myself, but it's like, okay, he sucks. Now what? And mm -hmm. it's just Cade. 
And obviously we know what that becomes, but this was kind of the first time that K-Town exploded on the scene. Yeah. Um, for me, a memory, it felt very 2021. I have that written down here. Uh, iconically gets shared a lot in Michigan Twitter, Cade's post-game locker room speech. It's yeah. super like, if you've never seen this, Google Cade McNamara speech versus Rutgers, I guarantee it'll mm-hmm. pop up. Um, it's 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 super awkward where he doesn't really have probably a lot of experience leading a locker room like this. Mm-hmm. And he says something along the lines of what happens if we effing went out, right? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Yeah. And then he says something else where he stumbles over his words. And um, basically it's kind of been like a, a running joke around Michigan fans. Like what happens if we went out? But Kate mm-hmm. uh, McNamara is the lasting memory of this game for me. Yeah. For me, um, like I just I mentioned the Quinn Ordine, Quinn Nordine, uh, ordeal, you know. So he misses three field goals, and in this, in the third one he misses is in is in overtime, and all all Rutgers needed to do was kick a field goal for them, and they win it. Well, their kicker misses a field goal, and then on the ensuing play, because they get the ball back, because Michigan had the first one, so you rotate and then you all double back like a snake draft. You know, Rutgers gets the ball, and then they score in literally the first play in second overtime, and you're like. And here we got here we go. And then Michigan goes for it on fourth down on their chance. Hassan Haskins gets his second touchdown. And then on the following drive for Rutgers is where Daxon Hill, uh, which I actually forgot about until I, I rewatched the highlights. He sealed the game with an interception himself. So that's why we end up with a uh 48 to 42 uh, victory there. So yeah, uh, oh and real quick too, the other one was uh the memory that I remember the most outside of the K McNair speech was Giles Jackson coming out of halftime and running out the opening kickoff to the, the house. So that made it 17-14, and that was like, okay, Michigan has got a spark now in the offense, and now that we just picked up the seven points through uh, special teams, so maybe that'll, that'll take some pressure off Cade, and so it did. Yeah, I, I think you would agree. Maybe, you know, say so if you don't, but uh, the only reason this game is even an honorable mention is because it was kind of like the start of Cade McNamara and what he was able to do for this program moving forward. Um, if Cade doesn't throw four touchdowns in this game and, and deliver what was one of his finer performances, I don't think this game's even an honorable mention. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, the next honorable mention is from 2019 versus Iowa. Uh, Michigan comes into the game ranked 3-1, and one, Iowa 4-0. Uh, it's number 14, Michigan versus number 14, or I'm sorry, number 19, Michigan versus number 14, Iowa. Uh, Michigan had come into this game having a very rocky start to the season. They had beaten Middle Tennessee State. They opened up with them at a night game. They beat them 40 to 21, so not super impressive. They beat Army 24 to 21 in two overtimes. <laughs> then they go on the road and they lose at Camp Randall 35-14. And they just get pounded. So going into this game, like, uh, and then the following week, they beat Rutgers 52 to zero. There's not a ton of momentum here. Uh, and they don't exactly blow out Iowa. They win the game 10 to three. I have literally nothing written down. I'm not, I think you had kind of written this one down. That's why it's an honorable mention. I'm no, you just kind of take it away. I had this unranked. I don't think I had this written down. 
Maybe I maybe I did. I have to. Look. I don't know how it made it or the thing, but no, I I I had to. I had to actually watch this these highlights to to mark it down. I not, I had I had this on ring. <laughs> oh, I had this as twenty second somehow. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I guess I I don't know. I mean, this was a this is a brutal game. I don't have a ton to add here. Um, I somehow wrote it down probably because it was a ranked matchup, yeah. and obviously that meant something at the time. But um, yeah, just Dude, this was I, don't, I didn't rem- I didn't remember this game whatsoever. I don't know if I was, you know, sleeping the, to the, this day or what at the bar. And I was too inebriated. I don't remember this game at all. And so you know, Hutchinson gets the sack in this game. But I but no, I I, I rewatched it. Um, you know, Michigan gets its 10 points and only points in the whole game in the first quarter. And then, I mean, it's a, it a defensive game, to say the least. I think both teams had under 300 yards of total offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nate Shanley, Iowa's quarterback, he got pummeled eight times, got sacked eight times. I think Iowa, statistically, because college football, the Ducks sacks to the rushing total as a team. I think they had one yard rushing or something like that, some stupid. Um he threw 260 in the air, so he, I mean, he did connect on a few, you know, deep balls, but, I mean, three picks, um, you know, it was obviously going to hurt him. And then outside of Michigan, you know, Shea Patterson connected with Nico Collins for a 50-yarder in the first quarter, I believe, or maybe. Yes, it was quarter. the first quarter, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was really the biggest play. I mean, this was kind of a snooze fest, but, um, I mean, it was a big game. You know, I was obviously always that weird team that plays close, and um, so that's why – it was unranked for me, and but I mean, Michigan's defense, you know, you wouldn't think that they were going to give up 62 points to Ohio State later this year, um, you know, the way they played here against uh, Iowa. Yeah. Um, don't have a ton more to add. We can move on from this. I, I mean, the lasting memory uh, for this game for me, I don't even know if I have one. Probably that I was just had it with Shea Patterson at this point, honestly. Uh, I was ready for him to be gone and graduate, and um, yeah, that's pretty much my lasting memory from this. Um, first game, you ready? Number sixteen on the list. Uh huh. It's the twenty twenty one Michigan versus Wisconsin. Sorry, Michigan at Wisconsin. So Michigan comes in the game ranked fourteenth in the country. They're four and zero. Wisconsin was one and two. Um. The notes here are going to be a lot of Wisconsin-based, so you just hear me out here. So Wisconsin opens the season. They lose to Penn State and Notre Dame, okay? They would lose only one more game the rest of the season after this game. Wisconsin, though, as far as Michigan goes, had won two in a row, three of four, and five of seven. Michigan hadn't won at Madison or Camp Randall, since 2001 it had been 20 years take it away yeah like you said first win at camp for in 20 years you know six sacks on defense it seems like i think i mentioned on the last week it seems like that's like michigan's magic number when you look at the stat columns over these last two years um ajabo got two and a half so he kind of made his his little impression here in this game moody sinks three fiddle goes and what I was really looking forward to in this game was to see how Cade McNamara could air it out on the road. And he did just that. I mean, he dialed up to uh, CJ 
for Dave, and then JJ even dialed up Dalen Baldwin at the end of the game and hard time. And so, with you know, dominating Wisconsin on defense the way we did, and you know, putting up 38 points in Camp Randall was just uh, it was just a great thing. And then this team, like you said, in that during that whole whole 2021 campaign was you know this team is different. And when jump around came on in the in the end of the was it the beginning of the fourth quarter, um, you know all the players on the sidelines for Michigan are getting into it. They don't seem phased. They don't seem, um, you know, you know uh, intimidated. And they go out there and they do their thing. I know I kind of probably mix a little notes and and memories there too uh, with, right. with that. Uh, that's right. but, but that's what that's what I got. I mean, and real quick too. The one another memory, though, for sure that, I, that I'll mention right here is, oh, uh, I know, I know some of the players jokingly were kind of bagging on Bowman. Maybe they weren't. Maybe it was just me as a fan or some of us fans. But like, we didn't have any turnovers in the game, and then now Bowman, our third string, goes in and throws a pick at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, but anyways, but yeah, that's what I got. So I have uh, good friends. Shout out Jamie Halbert. They were at this game. Um, sorry, Jeff, I'm not shouting you out, you little fucking Buckeye fan, but, (laughs) um, shout out Jamie. They were at this game and, uh, obviously scared, not because it was like Wisconsin was necessarily that good, but just, you know, the stigma of being at Camp Randall and how hard they play. And, uh, I think you nailed it on the head and I've actually credited this specific game as like the start of the 2021 campaign, the jump around. It's iconic. It will live around forever. But Michigan embodied it, made it their own. And it started, as you said, in, you know, I've, I've beat this to a, to a drum. It's like this team was just different. And I, it just, I felt it in this game. Um, had they come out with a 20 to 17 victory, I probably wouldn't be talking and, and singing their praises after this one. Mm-hmm. But they go into the fourth quarter 20 to 10 and they just put the beat down. And it's a lot of the the pieces that we know and love over the last two years. It's Cornelius Johnson, it's Cade McMurray, it's JJ McCarthy, it's Jake Moody. Um it just the aerial assault because they had been so committed to stopping the run. And Michigan did all right, just nothing uh, nothing crazy. They were just basically like, hey, we're going to beat you with the pass today if this is how you're going to you're gonna contain. They ran it 44 times for 112, so not great at the clip. But uh, they were ha- very successful through the air. Roman Wilson had a day. Dalen Baldwin had that 56-yard, like you said. So, um, yeah, my notes here, jump around, Cade, big day, and the J.J. spark. You're still seeing those glimpses of J.J., um, the Michigan State game hadn't quite happened yet, so there's a lot of people that are almost clamoring for JJ at this point because in the little action he had mm-hmm. up to this point, it's all positive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, 2021 Michigan at Wisconsin's iconic, and a lot of it has to do with the jump around and uh, and the first beat down in Madison in 20 years. So that was for me 15th ranked game, and this was obviously our overall our 16th. Where'd you have it? You had it what? You had it number 15? Yep. I had it number 17, and it comes in at number 16, the actual yep. average. Yep. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, 
All right, moving on. Oh, final is 38-17. Michigan wins. Moving on here to number 15. Kind of the same tune here. This is, uh, this is another good one. Number 15. It's the 2021 Michigan at Nebraska. Michigan comes in the game 5-0. and Nebraska 3-3. Three and three. So Michigan's ranked ninth in the country. And very similar to Wisconsin a second ago. I'm going to kind of talk about Nebraska here in the notes. So if you're if you're a fan of Busted with the Boys and you ever listen to Will Compton, he's a he's a big Nebraska guy. He went there, he played linebacker there. Taylor Lewan's a Michigan guy. But Will Compton has said on numerous occasions that this is the, the 2021 Nebraska team is the greatest three and nine team that's ever walked the planet. And it sounds silly, but he has a case. Hear, hear me out here. Nebraska loses the number 10 Oklahoma 23-16, number 9 Michigan State 23-20, number 6 Ohio State 26-17, number 23 Iowa 28-21, and we're going to talk about the Michigan game here. They just were snake bitten playing very good teams, and even the other couple of games that they had lost on the season, they played tough, they were down to the nose, it's kind of silly, like it's a 3-9 and nine team. Mm-hmm. But this win, I think, is a little better than what it's going to be looked at initially, and that's kind of why it makes the rankings. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Yeah. So the how I have it in the, the first four four words in, in this uh, notes that I've written down is this team is different. So obviously, obviously, <laughs> Let's go. so uh, well, you were hooting and hollering, and the funny, the ironic thing is, is this game is literally following up the Wisconsin game we literally just talked about. Um, and so, yeah, going into the game, this was uh, this was uh, Nebraska was undefeated going into this, right? Or no? No, no Nebraska's three and three. Michigan's five and zero. Oh. Three. That's right. You just went through the list. Duh. Anyways, yeah, this team uh, was fighting for for Scott Frost. This whole they were fighting for Scott Frost, and obviously he's not there anymore. This was kind of uh, uh, the, the beginning of the nightmare here for him, and you know I said it. And I believe our post game episode um, that this was a type of game that Michigan was prone to lose under Jim Harbaugh. And I always would mention during this part of the season the snowball effect. You know, when one thing goes wrong, uh, in comes in comes the hail, and and then it's over with. You know, it's going to be too late to make a comeback. Um, you know, the run game was evident. K. McMara was evident. You know, three touchdowns between Corm and Haskins. The defense made absolutely huge plays all throughout this game. You know, Daxon Hill had interception, and then, of course, Brad Hawkins stripped Martinez at the very end of the game there to seal it. Um, you know, some say Nebraska fans mostly will say, you know, that was, you know, impeding his progress, blah, 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 or it should have been, you know, called dead there. But, you know, Adrian Martinez was susceptible for turning the ball over, and he did in crucial moments. So, I mean, he is, you know, he's a lightning rod. You know, he'll, he'll – but he'll strike, and then he'll he'll hurt you in, in, in the same game. Um, and then real quick, too, is, you know, Jake Moody was obviously huge. He, he sunk a lot of field goals that were absolutely clutch. And we'll, we'll probably talk – this won't be the first time or the last time we talk about Jake Moody having an impact on these close games. Um, but, yeah, this just felt like if, you know, Nebraska was just – you know, they had all the momentum. The crowd was insane. The game uh, fell into the night. Uh, as it went on, it just watching it, you're like, man, this game is going to slip away, but it didn't. And, you know, Michigan made the, the right amount of plays. Yeah, this, uh, 
this 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 game, you know, in 20 years, 50 years, whatever, I'll be able to read you stat lines from certain Michigan games, and you'll be able to tell me the year. And this one just screams 2021. 42 carries for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Hassan Haskins was big again in this one. Had a 50-yard run, two touchdowns. Blake Corum gets on the ground. And I'm going to kind of go into one of my memories here, but Blake Corum with the uh, the late touchdown run. Corn on the cob, baby. Corn on the cob. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's used in a lot of Blake Corum highlight films. It's It's been iconic. Yeah, I don't know. This game, uh, I remember distinctly not thinking as much about it after the fact. And I know that you, I, if I'm not mistaken, your number one play from 2021 was the strip. Correct. I think that I think you listed that as your top play and on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but it was either that or the Eric All, maybe. But I knew though you were big on this game and you have it ranked twelfth. I had it ranked eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um this was just another business trip, in my opinion, for for the twenty twenty one team. And as you alluded to, they were different. You know, they allowed twenty two third quarter points in Nebraska and it didn't waver them. They were able to come back in the second, in the fourth quarter, and, and continue the the beat down. And as you alluded to, Jake Moody coming up, um, money as we call him. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of things written down. Yeah. Nebraska big plays. They had those early. It kind yeah. of propelled them. Uh, Blake's fourth quarter corn t- touchdown dance, and then uh, the strip and Moody, of course. What we we're also I don't know if you I, maybe I, I I had to mention there for a second but we f- forgot to mention uh, Son Haskins hurdle. Oh yes, he has a. You know the crazy thing is is he has so many. Yeah. That you almost forget which games he does it in and things like that. He has a nasty one in this one. You're yeah. correct. And it's wild because when he did it, when he comes back down to the turf. He doesn't lose any speed. Like he just keeps going. Like he this, attacked, he it's arguably his best one. Yeah, you know. It is arguably his best one. Yeah. This, this one and the Notre Dame one that are his two best that he keeps going. Yeah, yeah. And this one is definitely uh definitely one of them. But yeah, you're right. You're right. So Michigan wins this one 32-29. Um it's another check mark in, in what was a great 21 2021 season. Anything else on that game? Uh, no. <clears throat> Number 14. It is the 2020, sorry, the 2016 Michigan versus Penn State game. Uh, Michigan comes into the game ranked number four. Records are 3-0 and versus 2-1, and so Michigan's undefeated. Um, this is Harbaugh's second year, so Michigan is in, in Harbaugh's first year had beaten Penn State at State College 28-16. Um, this was and continues to be uh, a game that's very interesting with the, the Jim Harbaugh era. The home team seems to have more success, but also Harbaugh seems to have more success too. He's won both home and road games, but uh, this was a this was a good one. High 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 uh, anticipation going into this one. Obviously, Michigan was only three and zero, but fourth game of the year. There's a lot to be proven. Uh, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, this this game, you know, I know Penn State. It shows right here in Michigan they won't rank in this game, but I still think this is probably one of Jim Harbaugh's best wins against Penn State because he absolutely 
the 49-10, Trace McSorley couldn't do anything. Saquon Barkley, under four yards of carry. They absolutely dismantled them. Six rushing touchdowns, six sacks, the magic number, like I mentioned last game. You know, and they shared this quad of attack. I don't know what the strategy was going in this game, but they ran the ball for over 320 yards on Penn State. And I don't know what it is, but but Michigan, Jim Harbaugh loves to, you know, strut his stuff against James Franklin in the run game when they play. Davion Smith, 12 carries, 107 yards, touchdown. Karan Hignan, 9 carries, 81 yards, 2 touchdowns. Ty Isaac, 11 carries, 74 yards, touchdown. Chris Evans, 8 for 56, touchdown. Khalid Hill got a touchdown on the goal line. Like, they, it was complete, absolute dominance. Penn State couldn't do anything. You know, Penn State did get the revenge here the following year in 2017. But in today, in 2016, the Lions couldn't do jack squat. And um, it was it, it was a great game to watch, man. Chris Warmly, I think, had a day. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fun one. Yeah, I want to I point something out here for uh... – you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe you're – I fall into this category. You you don't. You're weird like this. You could watch – you watch a Michigan game when they're playing another team and you know the, the players on the opposite side and five years later you're like, oh, yeah, that dude played for that. Like, that dude played – ready for the Penn State guys? Let's hear it. Barkley. Shaquan Barkley. Yep, yep. Miles Sanders. Mike Gusecki. And Chris Godwin. Sean Hamilton. <laughs> this team was loaded. Yeah. And Michigan held Chris Godwin to one catch for eight yards and a touchdown. It was late. It was late in the fourth quarter. Mm. They beat them down. This was a beatdown. Um, my memories here are uh, Jabril Peppers almost having a punt return in the first quarter. Yeah. He trips. Yeah. He literally trips over his own feet. Otherwise, he's going to walk in. Um, and then the six rushing touchdowns, just an absolute beatdown. Um, weirdly enough, this game doesn't stand out to me. Maybe we'll talk about why later. But it's just, this is a great win. This is an absolute great win. And uh, Michigan, it seems like when Harbaugh does beat Penn State, it looks like this. Maybe there'll be proof some other time we'll talk about. Who knows? But um, it just seems like when Michigan is able to get the win over Penn State, it's been dominant. Right. So this was my 14th ranked game. This is our 14th overall. I'm assuming you picked at 14 as well. I didn't. I had it. This is 2016 Penn State. I had this game ranked 16th. Okay. So 14th and 15th. It just happens to fall here. So, um. Yeah, they win this game 49-10. I mean, there's not, uh, nothing more I want to add as far as just what it was. It's just this is a – this was Wilton Spate. This was a really good Michigan defense first off. So I'm not shocked that the 10 points is is the other side here. Uh, the offense had a nice explosion this day. I think that was probably the only problem of this team this year. Urban Meyer has said a couple of different times in interviews where the Michigan 2016 team was the best college defense he ever went against. So, um, obviously, they took that team in Columbus to two overtimes. We won't talk about that game on this series much, but um, I think this was probably the best win from 2016. Probably. Time will tell. Um, number 13, the 2018 
Michigan versus Wisconsin. So we got another Wisconsin matchup on here. Michigan rolls into this game five and one. Wisconsin rolls in four and one. This was a ranked matchup. Uh, Michigan's only loss heading into this year was uh, week one at Notre Dame. They didn't play their best. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll let you take it away before we get into everything else. So, some fans and maybe some other rivals kind of remember this uh, 2018 year being Michigan's revenge tour year, where it started. And yeah, I mean, just kind of like how the Penn, the Penn State game 49-10. This was 38 to 13. So obviously a little bit less scoring on the offense side for Michigan, but this game we tailgated for, if you remember. Uh, and, I had that written down. Uh, you know, it was just absolute domination again, 320 on the ground against Wisconsin. Wisconsin had success on the ground when they also had a guy named uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but Alec Tornybrook, you know, seven for 20, two, t- uh, two interceptions rather. Michigan was just smothering him. And, this was another uh, a weird running attack for Michigan. You know, Dylan McCaffrey, you know, busted off a 44-yarder. You know, they had uh, – was it um, – LaVert Hill had a pick six. That's one of my memories. And, you know, um, what was the other one? I mean, Joe Milton had a 20-yarder. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. They just got 48 carries in this game and it was kind of calling over plates. Uh, Shea Patterson almost broke off a long touchdown hit it was an eight-yard run, and um, they got stopped right at the goal line-ish area inside the five, I believe. And then real quickly, too, is we were sitting there tailgating. And so, like, we, we hit it last week, and we've said it before uh, occasionally of uh, if we did this podcast in 2017 and 2018, maybe in 2019, uh, our moods would be a lot different, especially mine, uh, especially on Jim Harbaugh specifically. But I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but we were sitting there tailgating, and I don't know if I was sitting down and you were standing up, but well, I think it was a pick six of Liver Hill we were just talking about. And you, like, slapped me on the shoulder as I'm sitting down in the river. And I remember you saying, do you believe yet? Do you believe yet? And, I'm, and like, as much as I was excited, like, I, me, my my heart was just not ready to, to get broken yet, right? Obviously, you know, losing Ohio State the previous year, like, the way we did, it become, becoming so close, like, I just – Michigan is always up to this point in 2018 has always got me to the point of uh, climaxing and, you know, leaves me at the altar. And so that's why I was, that's why you said that. And I was a little hesitant, but yeah, this was the beginning of the revenge tour. And uh, needless to say, I uh, couldn't see the future. And if I did, I probably would have not gone tailgating to this game at all. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have down here in my memories, um, we were tailgating the golf course. It was very cold that night, and we were drinking hot cider. We were warming up on uh, on a grill, spiking it afterwards with uh, some jack fire, some fireball. And it was a really good night because, obviously, Michigan took care of business this night. And anytime you're tailgating and, and Michigan's dominating, it's a fun night. But um, – I also had down here, Alex Hornibrook is horrible. Uh, you know, seven for 20, <laughs> one touchdown, two picks. He was horrible this night. I mean, this is, to be honest, if 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 Alex Hornibrook's not the, the, the quarterback, they potentially could win this game. I mean, it wasn't that. Um, he had two picks. Did he have a fumble, too, I think, maybe? 
I don't remember, but he was he was atrocious in this game. And the running game felt as it does now. I mean, they dominated. Uh, he did over 100. And Shea Patterson had his long touchdown run. And Dylan McCaffrey on a random ass zone read. Um, we're one of those where we can hear the stadium before we're watching in our TV type deals. So he knew something was coming, and there it was, Dylan, Dylan McCaffrey on a long touchdown. I think uh, one of the things I remember, too, is just people leaving this game assuming that Dylan McCaffrey could do that on every single play, if you remember. Just like people talking about, why isn't McCaffrey starting? Why isn't he playing more? Um, you know, he made one play in this game, and everybody just assumes that he's going to score every single time he touches the ball. Like, we all fall in that trap, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Um, yeah, the start of the revenge tour game. I'm not shocked that I was geeking over a random Wisconsin win in in October. I mean, that's pretty that's really on par with what Michigan's able to do to my heartstrings, you know. Yeah. Um, and I fell into that trap more times than I could count. This was a good win, though. Um, anytime you're able to beat a ranked opponent by this much at night at the big house, it feels special. So. Right, and and despite. Despite at the time of this game, me being a little bit more hyped than I was, I just looking back, this one made my my this made top seven. This is top seven for me. This is number seven and in, uh, in my rankings list. So it definitely left an impression on me afterwards. Yeah, you ranked this game really high. Uh, twenty eighteen Wisconsin. I ranked it twenty first. Twenty first. I seen other games a little higher. You ranked it seventh. Yeah. It just yeah. goes to show you we're we're all over the place when we're ranking these games. Um, which has been one of the exciting parts. We don't really start getting really on par until we start hitting the top seven, six, somewhere in there. Right. So, right. Um, anything else? Uh, I'm good. Let's go on to our twelfth. Yeah, Michigan wins that one, thirty-eight, thirteen. We're moving on here. I was kind of teasing this game a second ago. It's number twelve on our list. It's the 2022. Michigan versus Penn State game. Michigan's number five in the country. Penn State is number 10 in the country. It is the battle of undefeated, 6-0 and versus 5-0. and We got some stats here. The home team in this series under Harbaugh is 5-3. and Okay, that's since 2015. Um, Harbaugh is 5-3 and versus Penn State. So he's had success at home. He's had success on the road. This was Michigan's real first big game of the year, though. I mean, looking at their schedule, they had had some cupcakes. People had kind of argued that they had had some cupcakes. And the thing that I most remember about this game, I don't think it, it doesn't change my memories or the stats or anything. The thing I remember about this game is after Michigan wins, people didn't give them any cred for this. They assumed that Penn State was bad. That's how bad Michigan beat them down. People thought that Penn State was a bad football team. Michigan was getting no credit for this win whatsoever. Um, take it away. Well, yeah, and going into preseason, though, I remember I had mentioned that, you know, some writers, I think it was Athlon Sports, if I'm not mistaken, were basically saying, um, you know, Penn State is the team to knock off Ohio State on the mountaintop. And, and I, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Michigan's reigning Big Ten champions. If anyone's going to get knocked off the pedestal, it's Michigan. They return a lot of almost their whole team. And I know the big question from Mark was not having Ochabo and Hutchinson. Granted. But, you know, Penn State, James Franklin, 
is I've said it before, I'll probably say it again, is, you know, he's always compared to Jim Harbaugh for some god-awful reason. You know, James Franklin's only been able to beat Ohio State once. He's like one and eight. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's at least got him twice, and his record doesn't even look close to that. And so anytime that James Franklin beats Michigan, obviously um, it seems like that that gap just keeps continuing to grow. So when Ohio, when Michigan beats Penn State, to me it's almost like playing a rival. Like it's a must win. You got to beat these guys, separate yourselves from this garbage. They recruit just as good as Michigan, but they don't play as good as Michigan. I understand that Jim James Franklin's got a, a better bowl record, whatever. Anyways, I digress. Into this game, though. 418 yards rushing against a defense where a lot of people say going in this game, we're supposed to be one of the best run defenses in America. They absolutely gashed him. Don Edwards, 67 yarder. Blake Corm, 61 yarder. Both are memories for me. Um, you know, a couple other ones was, you know, JJ McCarthy threw a, a, an errant pick. I think it bounced off someone's helmet. And then obviously Sean Clifford, you know, Busted a long run in the first half. And so going into half, Michigan's down, you know, 14-16. And, or excuse me, up 16-14 and a half. And when they come out of the tunnel, it just taken over. And so, you know, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, the two freshman tandem that everyone was hyped up for, didn't do jack squat. Michigan took care of them on defense. And so this was just a battle of the trenches. And uh, Jim Harbaugh was just showing that he can swing that thing. So, um, yeah, this was a huge game. And like I said, always always a good thing to treat this like a robbery game and show no mercy. Yeah. Um, my stats was basically my memories, my stats. The Blake and Donovan show. Like, yeah. holy cow. It just seemed like every single time these two would touch the ball. They were breaking one off. Yeah. Um, just absolutely dominant, dominant, sorry, almost said dominant, dominant performance. JJ had a day as well, and CJ Stokes ended up getting in there towards the end. Um, 418 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, this is more impressive than the 2016 one. I mean, yeah. it's just, this was, this was a beatdown. And, you know, leaving this game, Penn State had already beaten a couple of decent teams. Nobody like crazy, but Auburn was one of them. They went to Auburn and literally pissed in their Cheerios. They beat Auburn down, mm-hmm. and then we beat them down. And I'm not saying Auburn's great, but anytime you go to the SEC on the road and you get a beat-down win, that's that's got to be somewhat respectable. Mm-hmm. And Michigan just took care of absolute business in this game. And for me, I left this game thinking – yeah, we're gonna we're gonna compete and we're gonna win the Big Ten again. Like that's yeah. I literally left this game immediately thinking, all right, it's Ohio State or bust. We're not worried about anybody else. Mm-hmm. We just destroyed the next best team in this conference, and the game wasn't close. And you could argue without that JJ mishap pick six that bounces off a helmet or a foot or whatever it was. This is a steamrolling. And the, you yeah. know the other the other one was the the Sean Clifford breakthrough touchdown, right? Didn't you talk about that? Or he he had a long run. Yeah, I don't think he scored a touchdown on it, but I know he got tackled maybe right at the goal line. Hold on, was it? Uh, no, he had, it was so a he had a sixty-two yard run and he got tackled. So, but it was completely yeah, lack of defense. It was just like one of those things where it's like, gotcha, boys. 
and he got up the goal line on us and it just happens, you know, or up the, up the seam on us. But yeah, without those two plays, this is a, whew, whew. I mean, they might be calling for, for uh, James Franklin's job. That's how bad it would have been. But yeah. Um, yeah. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, rushing attack. Uh, this team's the same. Yeah. That's what I remember. Nothing really else on this game. No, I'm good. I, and I know I, I just I hyped this game up to to be a, a, like a monumental or whatever. But the funny thing is, is this was an honorable honorable mention of mine. That didn't even come in ranks for me. But it's just it's just uh, again how how I, I view uh, what the stakes were at. Um, and I understand that might contradict what I just said with the whole beating James Franklin thing, but. Obviously, you know, just got to leave some in, some out, and uh, that's how the cookie crumbled for me there. But it made our 12th overall. Yeah, so I had this game sixth, and you had only did 22 total games, I think it was. Or no, you did 23, and you had it 22. Yeah. So I think it was an honorable mention for you. But, uh, yeah, because you had ranked at 22nd, I threw it there, and – um, I was really high in this game. This is an absolute just beatdown, and it's one of Jim Harbaugh's most impressive wins ever, yeah. especially because we didn't even talk about this. Penn State would go on to lose only one more game, yeah, and it was at home in a game in which arguably they could have won had Ohio State had not had a defender had the game of his life. They would have had a one loss season to only Michigan at this point. And maybe we're talking about them going up against Georgia. Yeah, I want to say I was at a Halloween party or I was out there somewhere and I was checking ESPN on my phone and I'm like, holy shit, Penn State is up? Because I remember I remember seeing you, maybe it was this game, I can't remember, but I think you posted something on Facebook or in our fantasy football chat, something about how C.J. Stroud was looking really mid. And uh, maybe that was the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game, but I, for some reason I think it was this game too. Where they just they looked off and it took them till the very end to uh, make it look forty one or forty four thirty one, which was at the final. But it was a lot more. It was a lot closer than forty one thirty or forty four thirty one. Yeah, the the Penn State Ohio State game, it wasn't really CJ Stroud that broke them out. It was the defensive performance by. So they was won forty four thirty one, but this game was tight. Oh, was Ohio it? State just scored twenty eight in the fourth. Was it was it this one was was it Tommy Eichenberg like blew up here? Not Eichenberg. It was a Hawaiian guy plays pass rusher. Just goes oh, to show you how much we don't care about uh, Timalau or whatever. Tumaluelu. It's it's Timaluau or something like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, yeah this dude had uh, probably one of the greatest. This right now, he's punching there. He is. He is literally. <laughs> Jared's listening to this pod punching us and he's like i told you about these guys this guy on the preseason pod <laughs> but just yeah three, yeah three sacks and two picks yeah oh yeah and one of them was for six yeah. yeah and i think one of the sacks was a strip sack i just literally an absolute dog performance cj stroud only threw one touchdown in this game so it wasn't just a cj stroud performance and i'm not saying he played bad but 354 <laughs> That's typical CJ Stroud, honestly. But the thing yeah. is, the For thing is, the crazy thing is, real quick, the crazy thing is, Sean Clifford threw for 371. He threw the ball 47 times, but I mean, he threw three touchdowns and had three picks. But 
that that game was that game was fucking wild. I didn't watch it. Like I said, I was looking at my phone, but I'm like, damn. Yeah, this wasn't even a whiteout. This was a uh, a white blue, white blue, white blue type deal. Yeah. But uh, I think our friend Dave Bear was at this game, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's 16-14 going into the fourth quarter. That's that's pretty damn close. Yeah. So yeah, that should show you tell you everything you need to know. And Penn State was leading going into the fourth. But yeah. again, when you outscore your opponent 28-17 in the fourth, yeah, it's a pretty good win. So um so yeah, nothing more on Michigan. We're we're down to the top eleven games. Okay. We'll probably give you, if I had to guess, we'll give you 11 through 6 and then 5 to 1. So, got at least two more of these puppies left, a couple more honorable mentions. Hope you guys are digging these. Um, what else you got? All right, so we got a little more time left. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. How do you want to do this? So, we have the top 25 most iconic college football helmets, according to Big Game Boomer on Twitter. If you don't follow Big Game Boomer on Twitter... <laughs> Uh, we don't know each other personally, and he don't know who I am, but obviously I follow him or he pops up in my algorithm. And he basically does a lot of rankings on just anything college athletic sports. And sometimes he, I feel like he does things to troll people. But this time um, he put up 25, and I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to try to uh, you guess and reveal his top 10 starting from 10 to 1, or do you? how do you want to do it? Tell you what, I'm going to guess a school. You tell me where they're at. I'm going to try to get in the top five, obviously. Okay. But once I name probably 10 schools, yeah, that's probably my best 10, and then I'll let you just kind of give them an order. How's that? Okay. Yeah. Personally, I'm probably biased, but I do believe that Michigan has the greatest college football helmet. Where is Michigan? Seven. Which, that, to me, is extremely low. That is criminally low and honestly i'm disgusted um one for me that i don't necessarily love but i do understand the value the tradition and the heritage of it and stuff like that and i understand that it is a top college football helmet notre dame number three okay um there's some that i like before that before i give the one that I think is easily in the top three because of just prestige and stuff like that. I'm going to give one of my personal favorites, Texas. Four. Interesting. Okay. Texas is one of my personal favorites if Michigan doesn't exist. Um, it's a newer helmet. I absolutely love this helmet. It probably isn't even on the list. But it's the new Oregon Duck helmet. Not the O, but the actual new Oregon Duck helmet. Is it even on the list? It's not on the list. I had a feeling it wouldn't be. Okay, where is Ohio State? I get, they got to be top five. Number six. So this person just hates the Big Ten. <laughs> You'll see. Listen, I absolutely hate Ohio State. Their helmet's better than six. Um, big game boomer. Yeah. Where's Oklahoma at? Number eight. Okay. So, oh, you. So, who is number one? Alabama. Bama. They're one? They're one. Okay. Don't tell me another one. 
Bama, Notre Dame, Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, OU. I got six of the top guys here. Who am I forgetting? The Trojans. Eleven. Eleven. USC Trojans. Who am I forgetting? LSU. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have any. I don't really honestly have a care in the world where they're where they're at. You know what? Some people like this helmet. Where's Penn State? Number two. Yeah, there are people that really like the Penn State helmet. A white helmet with a blue line just doesn't do it for me. I I get it that when you see the white helmet, you think of Joe Paterno, you think of the the 80s, 90s, whatever like that. But to me, it's just it's it's close to seven or eight to me if it was I got put in a top 10. But anyways, yeah. All right. I'm going to try and fill in this top 10 here. Where's Tennessee? 21. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> um, all right. Florida. 14. Okay. Like I like Florida's. Yeah. I do like Florida. Um, who else we got? Who am I forgetting? Who's got a great helmet? Think uh think around the ACC SEC ish. Well, I think they were in the Big East at one point and then now they're in the ACC. One of one I don't want to give if I say one more You're hit. Me. Huh? You're throwing me. One one of the biggest one of the one of the most iconic dynasties or eras ever in college football. Clemson? Not even on the list. No, this was no. This is pre, this is uh, pre-playoff, pre-everything. Like this is BCS era. Give me, give me a, give me a decade. Nineties. They dominated the nineties. Yeah. And it's an ACC squad? It used to be in the Big East. Now they're in the ACC. Is it VTech? Uh, Virginia Tech is not on this list. Who's the school? Miami. The U. Yeah. Dear God. They are number five on this list. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's whatever. They're not above Michigan. Sorry. Um, where's Georgia? 17. Okay. So who's nine? Florida State. Oh, that's fair. I'll accept yep. that. Yep, I'll yep. Accept that. Who's so you got 10? two more to go. What? Who's 10? Nebraska. They fall in the Penn State category for me. Okay. And you got one, you got one more, right? Man, let me throw another one out. Um, I can't believe you haven't even said this one yet, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, not too crazy. They weren't top 10. <laughs> um, you can't believe I haven't said this one yet. They lost, they lost 
uh, a bowl game to Ohio State in recent memory? Clemson, Notre Dame. Oh, Utah? Okay. Clemson, Notre Dame, Utah. Bama, the Ducks. You're thinking too hard, dog. They lost. They Ohio State beat them in a bowl game. Yeah, this team. In recent memory, I, okay, not recent memory. I'd say two the two thousands. To me, that's still recent memory. Yeah, the U. They're already on here. They didn't beat Florida. They didn't beat LSU. Jeff Samarja was the tight end of this team. He was a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs for a while. Who's this freaking team? Notre Dame! I said Notre Dame. They're three. But you were trailing off like Notre Dame, Utah. Like you weren't, you were saying, you were just rattling off teams. You weren't like, to me, you weren't saying no, no, no. that. No, no, I already, Notre Dame was the second helmet I gave you. So there's three. So you got them all. Yeah. Okay, so I thought I thought we I thought we had one left. That my apologies. No, no, you're good. You're good. No, I had Notre Dame. You okay. were, I come on, you threw the hell. I was like, I haven't even said Notre Dame. I swear to God, I I missed that you said Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. So you're good. Who's number twelve? So number twelve is Auburn. Okay, thirteen. UCLA. Fair. And then that's all the top 15. So yeah. in order, Bama, Penn State, Correct. Notre Dame, yeah. Texas, yeah. Miami, Ohio State, Michigan, OU, FSU, Nebraska, USC. Who are these last two? 12 and 13? Uh, 12 and 13? Yeah. So Auburn's 12, UCLA's 13. And then Florida and then LSU? Yeah. Then just for... For yes. everyone's sake, then it goes Washington, Georgia, BYU, Pittsburgh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Colorado, Iowa, Georgia Tech, Michigan State. Michigan now, at seven is criminal. Now, looking at this, judging me personally, I would take Bama and Penn State right out of the top two. I'd show my heinous bias, and I'd put Michigan one, Ohio State two. I would probably keep Notre Dame three. I'd probably keep Texas Notre Dame four, and I'd probably keep Miami number five. And then I've always kind of dug um, Florida State, so you'd probably move them up to six. I would move Florida up a lot farther. I'd move uh, Southern Cal up farther. And I despise Michigan State, but I like their helmets. I think I'd push Michigan State in the top 15 or somewhere. But Tennessee is criminally low at 21 as well. Yeah, so the Oregon Ducks, for the longest time, they had a green helmet with a yellow O on it. Yeah. It, it was nothing. But if we're talking dope-ass helmets, if you look at their newer helmets, the ones that have, like, the five feathers on the side, the ones that Mariota famously wore, kind of, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, but the yellow helmet with, like, the silver wing on it, yeah, that's fire. You can't. You can't. I mean, when they wear those and then they wear the yellow – the yellow jerseys and the black pants, it's like, 
yeah, okay, this is fire. Like, this is top notch. And I understand they're not historical and things like that, but they also do a black helmet, I think, with a yellow wing on it. it it's They're top notch. I, I like Oregon. But you almost can't put Oregon on here one time because they have, like, 95 helmets. Right. And, and real quick, I know we just did a mouthful there with Big Game Over. So the other one, too, that kind of inspired me to bring this up tonight was uh, Saturday Tradition, which is another, uh, you know, Twitter account. I think they, they write stuff, too. I'm not sure. Um, apologies if I'm yeah, – I think they I think they do write. But anyways, so the, uh, one of their guys did a Big Ten football helmet ranking. Uh, yeah, right here, according to Alex Hickey. Uh, so he's a columnist. Uh, he's got Michigan at one. Ohio, these are just Big Ten, by the way. Michigan at one, Ohio State two, Penn State three. Again, I don't understand the love for a white helmet that high. Iowa at four, Gasly. Wisconsin five, Maryland at six for some odd reason. They can't ever pick a helmet. Michigan State seven needs to go up higher. Nebraska eight needs to go up higher. Uh, Northwestern nine, Purdue. Now, say what you want about Purdue. I think 10 is too low for them uh, because of they've been in the Big Ten forever. Illinois at 11, Minnesota 12, IU, uh, Indiana 13, and Rutgers 14. Do you remember that 2020 game, Michigan at Minnesota? Do you remember those chrome domes? Absolutely. I know a lot of Michigan fans listening to this out there in the Twitterverse, and we've kind of, you know, chit-chatted off here about this and a lot, we, a lot of the old guard, don't mess with the jerseys, don't mess with the helmets. I'm telling you right now, Michigan fans, in a night game, hear me out, in a night game at home, Michigan has got the Mesa Blue helmet. The blue is that flat black where they wear it now, or flat blue where they wear it now, but the wings, the maze is chrome. I bet you $100 that would look bad as F under the lights at night. I want the whole thing chrome, dude. I want the I mean, whole thing chromed out. That look cool. That'll Hell look cool. yeah, dude! I'd be all for that. I'd be all for that. Honestly, I almost feel like you'd be better without the blue jersey. So you have to do the maze or the white, just yeah. so that, just so that helmet's just popping, dude. But see, see, that's the perfect recipe for me. Night game, maze out, maze jerseys, blue pants, chrome oh, blue pants. I've chrome become a sucker. A sucker for the blue pants. I just want them to wear the blue pants all the time. Yeah, to be to be quite honest, I do too. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. The the maze pants are cool and stuff, but it's like the blue pants with the blue jerseys and the blue pants with the white jerseys. They and I'm sure if they ever finally do with the maze jerseys, they all look fire. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just the way to go. But you know, we haven't talked a ton of uniforms on this pod. Um, have you seen that the newer recruits are wearing? Blue jersey, white pants. Opinion on that? You know, honestly, honestly, I dig it. I, I mean, I'm I'm all for a little change, not full time, but just to flare up. You know, like the Mays jersey is obviously against Florida in 2017, but I'm all for it, man. Um, if it looks cool, kids like to wear it. By all means, I just think I know a lot of the demographic that is completely against anything you know changing what the classic look looks like i mean i just think you just need to open up your mind and just let it happen at least once or give it a chance understandably uh not a lot of people like the adidas uh, alternates that michigan had you know like the under the lights game i mean it looked 
kind of silly to me. The, the was it the Outback Bowl game where they or was it against Alabama? I can't remember where the the shoulders were amazed and the rest yeah. of the, that that was stupid. Um, but I think that if you got if people just relax and if you know they keep looking traditional, but they tweak a little things here and there, I think people would be happy. Yeah, I was never a big fan of the first Under the Lights game jersey. It was kind of like a Bumblebee theme to me. Yeah. Um, I will say this. That same year, they went on the road to Michigan State and wore a white version of that. Yeah. I liked that one. And then a couple of years later, it was the first time they did the blue on blue. But the numbers were like neon yellow. Yeah, it was my game for Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, I bought one of those jerseys. I liked it at the time. It hasn't held up because now the new blue on blue is just so much better. Yeah. But prior to that, I did like it. And I thought it was cool at the time, but it just hasn't held its value. But I still look at that white game against Michigan State that they wore that jersey. I still look at that one fondly. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think as long as they're making minor tweaks and watching what games they're rolling these jerseys, um, these jersey combinations out on. You know, if they're playing UNLV week two or three this year or whatever, and they want to roll out some white pants with a blue jersey, I'm I'm whatever. I'm not necessarily loving that against Michigan State at home. Right. You know, or, or Penn State at home. Um, but, uh, you know, those games, I still think you need to go either all blues or all maize or, or give it some kind of tweak. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked to we haven't talked a ton of uniforms on this pod, if at all. Right. So, yeah. Anything else? No, good man. It was, it was another fun night, and we were down. We're gonna be going into the top ten next week and um, chipping away here, and it's just it's just fun talking a little, you know, reminiscing here, you know, right before the NFL draft and kind of the dead period for football. Yeah. Yeah. We're. Uh... We'll kick off next week's pod with uh, with number 11, and we will get down to number six and throw in a couple honorable mentions and uh, appreciate the listens. You know, we had a pretty good turnout for uh, episode one. Um, haven't heard a ton of feedback, games that you liked, games you didn't like. Reach out. Let us know what you dig. Drop it um, in there. I did, I did have one person kick back to me and talk to me a little about the Wisconsin game, uh, the Jordan Lewis pick. But outside of that, yeah. Give me uh reach out to us, let us know what you think, and we we appreciate it. So yeah, yeah. Jeff, drop the uh the link to the Facebook page. Um, especially on like the YouTube page. That way if people are watching YouTube and they're not, you know, necessarily in the Facebook group, go on there and on Facebook, whatever. And you know, we just don't talk about Michigan stuff. So if you're watching this and you're you're only here for the Michigan stuff, you know, Jeff and Brad, you know, are coming at you pretty much all year round with NFL stuff. Like it's like a one-stop shop. Just stop on over, give us your feedback, and especially with this series, you know, let's just let's just talk, you know, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan football era, and you know, we had a lot of lows, and recently we're we got back on top, and so it's just nice to to revisit some stuff. Yep. Uh, thanks again for listening. We're out until next time. Go blue. Go blue. Go talk.